do have we have one listener so uh, Hello, listener. yeah we, here we go Welcome to Beyond Humanity, brought to you by Hive1.net. With us today is Matt Reddy, host of the Mindful Activist webcast, published author of Revolutionary Mindfulness, and a hospital commissioner in Jefferson County, Washington. He's an amateur ufologist, creator of Hive1.net, and a philosopher. I'm Margaret Howe, product manager of New Perspective, LLC. In the Beyond Humanity podcast, we explore the possibilities and implications of artificial intelligence and alien life for human evolution, identity, and destiny. We want to invite anyone on Earth, human, alien, reptilian, AI, interdimensional beings, and Met fans. We are sponsored by the Sisterhood of the Forked Tongue Worm. First off, Matt, you want to tell us about the Super Genius of the Week? Super Genius of the Week. Uh... Well, oh, it's really, this is a tough one. Um, I, I think I have up on the screen, I have uh, the press conference from this mor morning with Congressman Burchett, Congresswoman Luna, and uh, I think the other two guys are also Congress people, aren't they? Um, so I wasn't actually going to say these guys as a super genius of the week. I was going to say Robert F. Kennedy uh, Jr., but because Two things happened this morning that I'm sure we're going to talk about both of them. This press conference, mm -hmm. which is absolutely historic, but also uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just did a testimony before a congressional hearing on censorship, and oh, wow. it is so relevant to this topic. It's amazing the things. So uh, why don't we just say all of all these? Let's see who we got here in this. We got uh, let's say on here for it doesn't say the people that are in the room, but. I, I, have, I still have a hard time saying Congressman Burchett because he's so, <laughs> but, you know, even if you don't agree with his political views, that's it. We're mm -hmm. just going to bite the bullet and we'll say Congressman Burchett and Congresswoman Luna here standing up on the stage um, because the amount of courage it takes right now for any member of Congress or the Senate or federal government to be standing up to the military industrial complex and the, the media censorship complex and the corporate corruption right now, it's, well, it, one, they're geniuses because the moment has come. The mm -hmm. moment they are geniuses because they have realized that the moment has come to stand up and say, hey, everyone, I'm on the side of humanity. I'm on the side of truth. And it, you, apparently you have to be a genius for to be a congressman or a senator and to realize it's time to stand on the side of truth when it comes to everything, everything, whether it's UFOs, aliens, uh, COVID, vaccines, uh, science, NASA, academia, the whole scientific medical establishment. It and you know, it's like. It's, it's not even like it's not really about courage anymore because it now seems it's safe. It is finally safe <laughs> for this to happen because, you know, they're not killing people. They, they haven't. It looks like they have over the years killed people for peace, speaking the truth like this. And it's like mm -hmm. it's just so uh, either a coincidence or extremely well planned that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and the censorship around him and this whole UFO thing and the anti-truth attitude towards it and the corruption, which probably ties back to the murder of 
it, I mean, it just seems there's a heck of a lot of circumstantial evidence and smoke that seems this ties back to the murder of John F. Kennedy and R and Robert F. Kennedy and possibly Marilyn Monroe and many probably other less famous figures. So I just mm -hmm. want to applaud the courage and just the brains on these politicians to realize you, you need to know, you know, like the gambler says, you got to know when to hold them, know when <laughs> to hold them and uh, know when to count your money, know when to run. You need to know when it's time to say, hey, I'm on team human and yep. know when to realize the other team you want not to be associated with. So there you go. There's my my super genius crew of the week. Yeah, kudos to them for stepping up, right? That's yeah. it. Showing leadership. That's what we really need right now is we need that leadership. Yeah. Um. So So tell us about this press conference, Matt. I missed the whole thing this morning. So. Yeah. Um, so Representative Burchett and the Oversight Committee members on the upcoming hearing on UAP, uh, Representative Tim Burchett, Republican from Tennessee and members of the House Oversight Committee spoke with reporters about the upcoming hearing. And here we're just going to play the beginning of it and just uh, let's just soak in history as it is made. All right. Is this thing on? Right on. Thank you. I want to thank you all for being here today. Um, I'm Tim Burchett from Tennessee's 2nd Congressional District, and we're going to have some, uh, the rest of the Congress folks are going to fill in here in a second. Um, next Wednesday, July 26th at 10 a.m., the House Oversight Committee will hold a hearing on, on unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAPs, I prefer to call them UFOs. It will be held by the Oversight Committee on National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs. The witnesses will be as follows. Followed. David Grush, he's a decorated former combat officer who served in Afghanistan, and he recently told the World News about his experiences serving on a UAP task force led by the U.S. Navy from 2019 to 2022. Commander David Fravor, he's a former Navy commander who shot the famous Tic Tac video that you've seen. It's on YouTube. It's 60 Minutes did a special on it. He did. Okay, well, that, I just want to pause. That is a, a slight slip up by Congressman Burchett. Commander Fravor is not the pilot who mm. uh, recorded the Tic Tac video. He is the incredibly badass pilot who flew around the Tic Tac and basically had this one of the closest encounters with it. I witnessed him and his co-pilot, um, whose uh, name I'm forgetting, uh, Dietrich. Uh, I think Commander Dietrich. So he just made a little slip up here, and the trolls mm. on Twitter are already going, you know, after him for that little mistake. But uh, We'll go ahead and play. So those are the three witnesses. Uh, let's see, did he finish? And that starts at eight, um, 7 a.m. your time next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, two fighter pilots that have directly seen uh, these UFOs, unidentified flying objects, UAPs in the air, um, decorated, you know, incredibly well-respected uh, military members. And then uh, Grush, uh, who is also uh, going to be the, the key witness. And if you are unfamiliar with what David Grush said um, or has to say, just go to the News Nation hour-long piece and listen to every word that David Grush said. But let me go to um, further parts of this because there's some, I don't have any like key highlights uh, in here, but I, I'm just going to jump to some bits here. This is a representative Luna, what she mm -hmm. said came in here let's see what 
what we got here. Note that these were whistleblowers, these were pilots that had come forward to Representative Gates's office with information saying this needs to be investigated. We have an So here she's talking about how uh, she and Representative Burchett tried to go down and whistleblowers had asked them to come and uh, to talk to them and they were blocked by a general. And so she's going to detail exactly what happened. Increase in sightings in this region, and it's a cause for concern for national security reasons. We don't know what it is. So we went down there. We were stonewalled. They would not give us access to testimony from some of the pilots. They were hiding images and information. We were told there was pictures available, which we still haven't seen. And ultimately, what ended up happening is we had to actually call House Armed Services. Chairman Rogers got involved. The Pentagon got involved. The Department of the Air Force got involved. Um, we actually got into uh, an argument with the general of that base. And I just, it's important to note that we were there simply to follow up on the whistleblowers that came forward with information. And so if the Department of the Air Force, if the Pentagon thinks that they're above Congress, they have something else coming to them. We told them we were going to do this if they continue to hide information. And ultimately the American people deserve the facts. And also, boom, that is like, yep, yep. Oh, she's just like, if, <laughs> that, let's just hear that again. The Pentagon got involved, the Department of the Air Force got involved. Um, we actually got into uh, an argument with the general of that base. And I just, it's important to note that we were there simply to follow up on the whistleblowers that came forward with information. And so if the Department of the Air Force, if the Pentagon thinks that they're above Congress, they have something else coming to them. We told them we were going to do this if they continue to hide information. And ultimately, the American people deserve the facts. And also, I'd like to make, for the record, Numerous pilots have told us, and I'm sure they've told Representative Luna, that the um, when when they come forward with this, they're supposed to be provided some sort of whistleblower protection, but they're not. They they'll they'll the um, the brass will tell you they're debriefed. Well, they're interrogated for eight hours, I believe, at some point. Oof. Then they have a blemish on their record, and then uh, they carry this stigma. And we were we've been actually told that they will destroy um, video evidence because they don't want to have to go back in and have to be pulled off the flight line for and be interrogated for eight hours go ahead you pay our salary you go ahead something like that out there exists or something from another planet or another universe or whatever and if they were to say oh yes this is what we think all right let's go i can't hear the question at all yeah they didn't have the the mic Turn to them, but let me just jump to another part and just see if we got another good clip because there's some uh there we haven't heard from this guy. Let's see what uh and why aren't they being transparent? You know, and, and it's about asserting reasserting, I should say, Congress's role in all of this. I mean, to, to Tim's point, I mean the United States Congress passed a law on the JFK assassination. That information under that law is now supposed to be available. And yet president after president violates both parties. of both parties, right? Violates that law and extends the information to his point, why? And that's really what's happening here. We, we're interested in the why. Why are they doing this? Why won't they? So uh, I'm gonna just rewind it here. This is the first moment, the only time they mention Kennedy. They, they love, they yeah. always mention the Kennedy assassination in relation to this. Watch the face of the congressman to the left the moment he says this Kennedy assassination. It's kind of interesting. Passed a law on the JFK assassination. That information 
under that law is now supposed to be available. And yet president after president violates of both parties. Of both parties. Right, violates that law and extends the information to his. Okay, this is a this must be a different moment. There, it's an earlier moment. The first moment Kennedy is mentioned, the guy on the left makes a huge smirk. I'm gonna have to go back and find that. He's still um, casting his eyes around there, like he's literally <laughs> uncomfortable. It is literally a discomfort. Yeah. You, All right, let's uh let's jump here right? to. Oof. Let's see. Uh, for our listeners in the Twitter space, um. We'll have this up on YouTube later. Um, yes, absolutely. So you, and I, I guess maybe we take a pause. Do you want to say anything to our Twitter? Uh, thank you for coming. And uh, Matt's uh, Twitter will have uh, a link to this once we get it all uploaded. Well, we 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 have a podcast that goes to all the different podcast services, but we also have a, a YouTube podcast. So, yeah. And do we, I mean, what's our plan for listener participation? Like technically anyone could just turn off their microphone and start and interrupt us and jump into the show. Do you- We got a thumbs up there. (laughs) But I mean, I guess, I guess we'll just say if anyone feels the need to jump in, just jump in and uh, we don't really have, we've never really had much participation from anyone, but uh, if anyone feels the need, I'm fine with just like going with the flow. It's such a huge moment. I just, I really want to, to reach out to people and have them tell us how they feel, right? Like the fact that this is finally getting uh, the validation that it deserves, right? I, I am afraid that these pilots, once they get into the congressional hearing, won't be allowed to say much, that things will be classified, right? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that they're going to have to be answering constantly. Sorry, that's classified. Sorry, that's classified. Sorry, I can't say, right? Yeah. Uh, because unless they do something about the classification status, uh, they won't be able to say much, right? Even uh, Grush, Grush, however you say his name, um, even in his News Nation video, right? He was majorly inhibited on some items right yeah and and again it it does go back to that jfk thing where they there was a major um congress is supposed to have access to review things right in in that law that was passed and every president is like no not yet (laughs) yeah it's like what um so yeah, I'm hoping that that becomes part of the National Defense Act that's coming up. I, I'm not sure exactly what all is going to be in that act that applies to this, but that's supposed to get passed by the end of the month, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like they're going to pass um, the, the legislation that Schumer put forward, mm-hmm. um, which is something called like the uh, UAP Disclosure Act. Um, which also, I mean, this entire episode could have been about that. Uh, this, inc- well, one that that legislation, the 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 Chuck Schumer, majority Democrat leader in the Senate, um, he he sponsored this act, which is if you you can read the thing beginning to end. I read the entire thing; it is gripping and amazing. The language in this thing, I think it mentions mentions the word non-human intelligence twenty three times or something like that. 
it is wow. it talks about non-human exotic technology um i don't have like a key points here but it it says things like uh you know if you well one it claims imminent domain over all alien technology that any private company in the united states has grabbed um and so it's it's basically along with the other legislation that they the intelligence community put forward that says you have 60 days uh, all private corporations such as let me see if i can think of any that might this might apply to let me see maybe lockheed martin and raytheon technology if you have any uh exotic technology you have 60 days to give the uh federal government a complete and accurate list of all the nice toys that you have acquired over the years especially if it's with cooperation of the uh cia and some rogue part of the air force and stored them you know at your little uh bunker uh here uh you know warehouse at uh the wright patterson air force base just speculate you know just sort of randomly naming things here um, do we know if the consequences survive like the original draft had consequences of you you know if you don't do this you're losing funding yes what i what i've been told from uh the various podcast analysis of this uh legislation that it says if your corporation is hiding any alien technology or biological materials after 60 days uh your corporation is no longer i believe um uh allowed to receive any government contracts you have you will disqualify your entire corporation that is corporations like publicly traded lockheed martin and mm -hmm. raytheon technology uh you will completely betray all your shareholders and everyone that's given you money over the years because you know you will have lost all you know contracts and ability to get contracts from the government if you do not comply with this law and in that press conference you saw Representative Burchett and Luna basically say, you know, to the Air Force, and you better believe they have no trouble saying it to a couple of corporations and a couple of corporate executives that you uh, are beholden to Congress and the laws of the federal government. We have civilian control of our military and we have civilian control of our legal system and corporations exist in the U.S. legal system. Congress, they write the laws and, you know, there comes a time like we were, you know, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, and it is time to fold. It is time to abandon ship. Everyone that is following your masters in the corporate world or in the private sector, in the lobbyist world, in the banking world, in the academic world, and in the corporate web of lies that humanity has been fed over the years, it is time to abandon ship and start just crossing the line to side human. And uh, Mike Turner of Ohio, Representative Mike Turner of Ohio, who is you know, where Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is, you, uh, it's time for you to, you know, just forget about your political career and just start actually acting on behest of humans and uh, stop blocking the legislation that Representative Burchett uh, put through to force transparency on uh, these US UIP files. Yeah. Yeah, we just, we hope that it's not full of a bunch of I can't talks. That's, you know, the truth is out there. It's headed for Congress, but are we going to be able to hear it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the good they, news, you know, yeah. Well, the good news is that we should be able to hear at a minimum everything that Grush said so far. Mm -hmm. And let's just review. He said the the U.S. Uh, a part of the U.S. has a much hidden uh, program 
that has possession of exotic technology, non-human technology, flying saucers, spaceships, possibly biological uh, pilots of these ships. Didn't really go into detail on that. Said it's been a misinformation campaign that's going on a very long time, at least since 1933. And again, we need to listen to every word he said in that, that uh, interview already, because every one of those words is going to be said in this hearing. That's going to be the starting point. Mm -hmm. He said in 1933, Mussolini got possession of a craft. And in 1945 or something after the war, the Vatican helped somebody in the U.S. get possession of this craft. He strongly implied Roswell, New Mexico indeed really was uh, the crash of at least one exotic technology ship. And that's been hidden. And just a historical note, the Air Force and CIA, I believe, were like created in like, you know, shortly after the Roswell and before 1950. And apparently the writing on the wall says that these organizations, these, these little corporate you know, silos inside the U.S. government were created with this specific purpose of hiding the secret long-term mm -hmm. and coordinating the disinformation campaign, suppressing science, suppressing truth. And uh, yeah, so we're going to hear, that's going to be the starting point. So I'm wondering what, and then he also said people have been murdered over the years mm -hmm. to hide this. So if that's our starting point, what do you think the first question out of uh, Congressman Burchett's mouth is going to be? Like, what do you want to hear about first? Mm -hmm. Who's been murdered or how many actual you know, UFOs the U.S. has in their possession. Well, and we know we know the CIA is heavily involved in this. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is bringing that up constantly. And we know that there is a pattern, like look at what the CIA did in Panama. There is a pattern of killing people, cleaning up after yourself and trying to hide it, right? Yeah. Um, so it is really hard to justify. It is really hard to justify secrets after 75 to 90 years keeping this stuff a secret that is 75 years old that's 90 years old yeah right uh, yeah absolutely but, ridiculous um, i think it's i think it's gonna be so easy once we like once we know our starting point 1933 1947 once we have that all you have to do is get the names of the people that were in charge of the Air Force and the CIA starting then. Lockheed Martin and Raytheon seem to have been involved in other corporations from the beginning. You just get the names of every executive, you know, that was in a position of power in these organizations or these government organizations. And now you say, okay, apparently that was the beginning of a 80-year cover-up. That means it had to be mm -hmm. passed down generationally between family members you know, yeah. and weird clubs, possibly weird uh, religious or secret societies. Uh, and, and we should be able to just trace it. You just start with the names of the first people, yeah. start with their immediate descendants, because no one hides a secret like a family member, you know. And so if this is a, <laughs> this could, we just like see and see who's responsible. And then exactly who's responsible what is this shadow government that has been operating that thinks it's okay to make all of these decisions? right that's yeah who are they and i have some disturbing theories about that that definitely needs to come to light and and it's not just about we want to know about the secrets the tech the murders all of that 
but we also need to know what's coming. What what are these aliens? What are their intentions? Right? Yeah. That's that's the really that's the that's the big question. Humanity deserves to know. Like yeah. not just that we're not alone out there, but we we need to prepare. You know, are these friendly aliens? Are they not friendly? Right? Like humanity needs to know these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And it seems like there is at least a big force of humans and maybe some benevolent aliens or at least pro-disclosure aliens. I don't know if they're, you know, I don't know if they're benevolent, but I, it just seems to me if we're, we're really outmatched by technology here by other alien species that are all around us, then if they wanted to suppress this information, they could, they certainly could kill. I mean, they could kill anyone they wanted anytime they wanted. It seems like if they have the technology they have, they could fly a Tic Tac UFO to the White House, destroy the White House, I'm sure if they wanted to, but I'm sure they could kill anyone. I'm sure they could just kill anyone. So there must be some, Chris Leto has this theory that there must be some benevolent aliens that are protecting humans from direct violence by other aliens. Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. They can walk through everything. Like they, we can't keep up with them. We, you know, we've had jets try to chase them. We can't keep up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're, we are literally just laying here defenseless, right? Yeah. So there has to be some agreement, something where someone is protecting us. Either that or these aliens are very different than humans. Because if humans had this capacity, yeah, they would definitely be taking advantage of it, right? Yeah. Uh, aliens must be more advanced than us that they're not uh you know just coming in and taking advantage right since they obviously dominate us technology wise yeah. right it yeah. just... I, I mean i have a you know i'm trying to come up with a framework a theory for what's <laughs> the most likely explanation of the alien motives like if there's aliens what are their motives how many groups are they broken up into and uh you want to hear my theory, my current yes, work? Absolutely. So I think the, the thing that makes the most sense to me is that there really is a a super powerful alien conglomerate, something that that might be what they're calling the Galactic Federation. You know, you hear this mm -hmm. going around that there's a Galactic Federation that is kind of the ultimate police force in the universe, probably because it has more higher technology than anyone else. It's just way millions and millions of years advanced. So just sort of let's assume that. Assume there's a galactic federation police force and they have at least, I think they probably have at least one law about violence towards humanity. And it's that uh, aliens can't do it. I, I just think, I think there has to be some sort of really strict galactic law about aliens doing any direct violence to humans. But I think the law doesn't apply to aliens influencing humans to do violence to other humans. So I think the loophole that the more malevolent aliens have been using for the entire history of humanity is the is I think of it as the the parent loophole. They <laughs> they consider themselves in the as if either relatives or cohabitors, co-owners of Earth, maybe they even consider themselves the parents of humanity because maybe they mm -hmm. had a big role in creating us and as and i heard this in um this has come out in some stories where people have talked to aliens and mm -hmm. and they hear the the there is a justification that they have a right 
to just as a parent has the right to teach their kids horrible values and teach them values that leads them to violence they have they feel they have the right to in a way aliens believe in free speech they believe in the freedom to teach any humans that will listen to them whatever they feel like teaching them and if the consequences of that are you know is super violence that's not their fault i think that's they they are dancing along this plausible deniability line mm -hmm. and the, there are humans that have openly or well, secretly partnered with the more malevolent aliens. Uh, like, seems like, you know, basically, if you just look at throughout human history, whatever human groups are basically about as ethical as Nazis, that seems to be groups that might have been really partnering with the malevolent aliens. And, and you know, it's, it seems to me, David Grush stop it, dropping the uh, the bomb that 1933, the Nazis had a UFO. What does that tell us? Nazis had a UFO in 1933. And so humans knew about aliens in 1933. And the only ones we know that knew about it were Nazis. The Italian Nazis. Italian Nazis. The Italian Nazis, Nazis not the yes. German Nazis. So but... basically, you know, so I mean, my theory is that the Nazis never disappeared. The humans that were, you know, the German government was, you know, we beat the Nazis out of the German government, but they did not go away. These aliens certainly didn't go away. They had to go somewhere. And so they've just, I just think they've still, they've been here the whole time. Oh, man, phone call. Well, there uh, definitely is some, you know, people blame it on like Russian trolls, but there's, definitely manipulation and outside influence into the u.s politics it's coming to canada too um like the all there there's definitely uh major influences that are coming into play in social media that you know somebody somebody publishes something that is slightly left-wing and it just gets thousands of comments from conservatives and it's just too too far out there right like especially what has happened in u.s churches uh, you know i've been out of the u.s for like 14 years now right and i've just slowly watched the conservative churches getting i mean they weren't that conservative they were very pretty moderate right and then getting more and more conservative and it just feels like there's weird you know a weird push in social media do do you see that do you do you see all of the you know just trolly bot comments and stuff um well, the even even a thing you posted recently was full of people uh, that like are these bots? They they don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, the thing the, the the wonderful thing that's happening right now is since David Grish uh, went went public on News Nation, mm -hmm. we've we've had like five or six weeks of being able to see clearly a media embargo. And that is revealing to us what media companies are uh, apparently able to freely write about the news, able to freely think about facts and consider facts and think for themselves and consider the possibility that 
this actually might be true. And then there's these major media companies, CNN, NPR, MSNBC. I mean, the New York Times kicking and streaming, screaming, finally posted mm -hmm. something, but Washington Post, uh, ABC, CBS, PBS, NBC, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Democracy Now. I mean, these are like, these are supposed to be important. I mean, I would say Fox News has not been covering it a ton, but they have covered it way more than everyone else. They are yeah. Fox News way more comfortable with, you know, dipping their feet in this than all those other networks, which we thought of as left-wing progressive media networks. And it's very disturbing that all these supposedly left-wing, you know, uh, left-wing progressive media organizations were, they're, they're afraid to say his name. They are yeah. afraid to, to put Grush in print and to give any airtime. And they are showing their cards that they are apparently controlled by whatever that has been controlling the secret keepers all these years. And it's, and so, in, and then the weird thing, this is where it gets weird to me. The thing they, they will not say David Grush, even though it's the greatest, most interesting story ever to come yeah. out. And yet, you know what they will do? All those exact same media companies apparently think the most important thing to talk about is to say that the movie, The Sound of Freedom, about human trafficking is like somehow a horrible, horrible movie that no one should see. They are obsessed with saying this movie is somehow about QAnon conspiracy theories, and they they demonize it in, I mean, in vicious, irrational ways. And, it, and the other media companies, the ones that aren't part of the media embargo, are not acting anywhere near that insane about yeah, it. Yeah, that human trafficking thing. What? Why would, why would anybody, anybody be saying, you know, it, that one doesn't make any sense at all. At, at all, right? Fortunately, it does make sense if you just think about it and you consider how it could fit together because i mean if you if you go back to what's his name stephen greer and mm -hmm. uh, one of the whistleblowers he brought forward is a soldier who uh has the most one of the most incredible sci-fi sto stories you'll ever hear about during the uh tsunami uh on an island in the middle of the pacific i don't remember exactly what country it was as a but he has a story and he says that he saw evidence that during the middle of disasters, this black ops group was there and there was a, a giant, like a 200 foot wide UFO. They are in the jungles of this obscure part of the third world right after a in incredible devastating disaster. And they were putting you know, big uh, eight foot by eight foot metal containers onto this flying saucer. And he didn't know what was in those containers, but there's been other whistleblowers that were other people that he's been in contact with that on the inside of this stuff that says it was human, it was humans, it was human trafficking. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be a possible connection between human trafficking and this alien secret. And so that to me paints a picture which I've been has been my one of my theories one of the most disturbing theories I've had since the beginning of realizing this is true is that you know the aliens 
since you know if if the the basic gist of the story is the aliens have been here for thousands of years and using humans as labor just using us for labor for their purposes and that might be the only way they really some of them only care about humans as labor and it might be because they don't have computers and robots as high tech as we do to have robot labor. And we don't even have robot labor yet. You know, we're trying right. to build these Tesla bots to give us amazing, to fully replace human labor. We haven't achieved it yet. Maybe they never achieved it. Or maybe they just found it's cheaper and easier to use biological agents as slave labor and they just have no moral qualms about it. Maybe their entire culture is built on slavery. And maybe they, I mean, this would be the most, the most horrible thing to imagine, but that you know, it basically goes with the theory that the Greys are biological slaves designed to be slaves, and humans are just a more intelligent version of biological slaves that have gotten a little bit more intelligent than the aliens really like, because we started to come up with this concept of freedom and be, started to come up with these concepts during the Enlightenment of anti-slavery, which would be, if you think about it, would be such a terrible, scary concept for a, a society built on slavery to have a bunch of people saying slavery is wrong, you know, I mean, they might, they may have been, I mean, the aliens, they may be enslaving their own people, they may be enslaving other races, and they may consider human slaves like the most valuable slave of all. And so it, the, the, the military story, the guy, his theory was when they were talking about this on another podcast, uh, um, and, and we'll find links to it. Mm -hmm. But he was saying, you know, that their basically theory is this is human trafficking and what those black ops guys are doing, they might be going into places that were hit by devastating tsunamis and stuff, and they pretend to be helping people, but they really just kidnap a bunch of them. And that just and then they just report them as losses from the environmental disaster because people just go missing. They may use environmental disasters as a human trafficking uh, free for all pickup moment. And. I mean, they're putting them on, if they're putting these humans onto these flying saucers, who knows where they're taking them? I mean, these mm -hmm. things can go to other planets. I mean, they, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, okay. There's like some more dots like uh, to connect here because there's more information that's come out. Um, well, and, and there being a need for slaves goes back to those Sumerian myths with the Anunnaki, right? Having slaves, needing better slaves, right? So like, our own human mythology has that connection, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, just randomly, I was thinking about you talking about shipping containers and how many shipping containers are lost at sea, especially between China and North America is like 2,000 shipping containers a year just <laughs> poof, disappear, and they just write it off. Right. That is so, so interesting. So it might not just be people. We might be giving them goods too. Right. Of course. I mean, there has to, that makes total sense. Of course, they would use shipping containers on the ocean as a way to exchange resources and just pretend you lose. It's so such an easy way to hide transactions between humans and aliens would be just shipping containers in the middle of the ocean, especially if it's an ocean-based species that lives underwater. Hmm. Yeah, and we we've explored so little of our oceans that we, when the nasa task force was like we're leaving the oceans out of this i was like what oh but yeah we have a marine biologist on our task force <laughs> you do 
but you're leaving the oceans out. What? Yeah. Uh, there definitely is some something weird about that. I mean, I get that NASA is about space, but but why do they need a marine biologist then? Right? Mm. Like, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> well, that's a that leads us to a good topic. That is because uh, we have in um, where I live here on the Olympic Peninsula, we had a, uh, a UFO mm -hmm. uh, MUFON alien meetup party. And uh, it was only my second event here that I went to um, met a bunch of uh, a bunch of experiencers here in my local oh. town. Wow. When was this? That's amazing. Uh, just this past Saturday. Um, awesome. Yeah. Tell us about that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how many people and what did they have to say? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I totally lost my train of thought of what I was gonna say. And now I'm hesitant to tell you, uh, just jump into the things they told me. Where, where was I going with that? Oh. <laughs> under, under ocean stuff is what brought it up. Ah, yes, thank you. I was asking them, where do you think the aliens live? Where do you think their home base is? Because I have some theories and I wanted to know what people really into this uh, think. Um, and these, uh, but first I'd say apparently like 75% of the people at this thing were experiencers. They, they've either seen wow. some clearly or they've been abducted. And so this was a, I was kind of like out of my element because I have not had either of those experiences. Um, but I, we heard some, immediately heard some things that I, I'm not going to repeat, but like, you know, just because I, I don't, because I live in a small town, I don't want to be like, repeating, right. It, like, it's hard not to reveal people's so, identity. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I will, I will share one of the stories of experiences because it turns out I did apparently have an experience in college, very, that might've been an incident. Uh, hmm. I didn't realize it. I thought it was a, I did think it was weird, but, um, uh all right so i'll just tell uh, let's see should we talk about where I'll, I'll share that piece first i'll share exactly okay so this one guy there he said that he never had had experiences until he started going to these uh ufo meetups and he said that but after he heard all these people share these their experiences he went home and during his evening routine he like just sort of asked the universe, why not me? Why have you never talked to me? And he's just sort of asking the aliens. And he, but it was a very sincere like question, I guess he put out there. Um, and then the next day during the exact same moment in his undressing or his uh, getting you know ready for bed routine, uh, he heard a response and it came through like this. It was, shh, no. And he was like, it was like static. And then it said no. And then it was static, basically, is what and, and he was like freaked out. He was like, what the heck is this? He felt it was a direct response to his question the night before. And so he goes back to the UFO meetup and he asks people if they've anyone who's ever thought an alien has like telepathically communicated with them, what did it sound like? And people described it in a very similar way with static like that. And then, and it that's it just hit me right there. Well, I have a story in, and this is my story. In college, uh, you know, I was on a volleyball trip with the the college club team. I was like a freshman and it was a bunch of older players, you know, much older than me. So I was like kid compared mm -hmm. to them. We were on a, we were sharing a hotel 
in, there were like four guys in one room and four guys in the next room and they had a connecting door and there was a sliding glass door outside to the outside. And so I was laying on my stomach in bed in the middle of the night and I had a, uh, I, I was like, I was, I think I was about to get up maybe to go to the bathroom or something, but, and in my mind, I just started like seeing images of like a flashlight going through the room behind me. Like someone was walking through the room with a flashlight, but it was all in my mind. I, it wasn't up yet, but I was like, mm -hmm. so sure it was real. I was about to like, I was just about to get up and look back. And the minute right before I did that, my mind filled with static and my visual field filled with static. That's what I remember. I remember visual static and the sound of static. And then I heard, it wasn't like the words came, I, it's not like someone said the words, but my brain interpreted the static to say, if you turn around, you're dead. Oh. And so then I was, then I was definitely awake. I don't know, if, see, I always like put it, <laughs> maybe I was dreaming that, but I was definitely awake the moment after that happened. And I stayed there laying on my stomach for like 20 minutes, like my heart beating so hard it was shaking the bed until finally I turned and looked around and no one was there. And so the next morning I come in uh, at breakfast, all the guys are at breakfast and I just like casually say, anybody else here was visited by aliens last night? And people are like, what? And I just tell them all the story and it's like, whoa, that's weird. And you know, it's like, ha ha ha. Um, they were like, if it happens again, make sure you look. And I'm like, okay, great. Make sure you look. No, yeah. I don't want to die. Thank you. Yeah. If it happens again, you're threatened by an apparent telepathic power. Just make sure you disobey them immediately. Is what? Oh my gosh. His name was Hans, the big guy on the team. Yeah. Like, Thanks, Hans. Trying yeah. to get me killed. Yeah. So, but then this other guy who sort of looked like uh, Clark Kent. He sort of like, and he looked like Clark Kent. He had like, you know, really tall. He had big, thick glasses. And really he was an engineering student uh, or engineer, uh, like 60 or senior. And, um, and an incredible volleyball player, a middle hitter. But he pulls it, but also like a jokester. And he liked to make a lot of jokes about women all the time. And he pulled me aside and he said, did that really happen to you? Because he was in the connecting room. And he mm. said, because something happened to me last night. Oh, what? He he was on his bed and uh, he woke up with the sense that a woman was on top of him and he threw <laughs> the woman off of him and it freaked him out. It scared him to death. And he thought it was connected to him saying a lot of sort of misogynist jokes. And he literally took it as like, I'm he he like said I am never making another joke about a woman again is what he said after that incident and so anyways I've just been having that's my weirdest story of my life I've had my whole life but until this UFO meetup I had never heard anyone talk about static sort of this static telepathic type of experience and now I'm thinking you know well okay I, I gotta so many of these abduction stories involve sex in some ways and in, in involve sexuality, especially with men. And uh, trying to make alien babies, I guess. Like, well, okay. I mean, I guess I, I, I'll just throw this in. It goes back to the darn theory of human trafficking. You know, it's mm -hmm. like the easiest way to get humans is to just make them yourself. So they might just be taking biological, you know, reproductive materials to test to baby to create their own humans for slaves I mean, it could be as simple as that it might could have nothing to do with like you know they might like kidnapping humans for slaves they might like getting 
sperm and eggs so they, they can make more slaves. It might just be as simple as that. It's just, it's all just a big labor, you know, grab of mm -hmm. aliens. And yeah, and it's really, and it, and it goes back to the disturbing thing about the movie Sound of Freedom. Why would these media companies be so afraid of humanity getting really concerned about human trafficking? Why would they be like, just because uh, if it turns out that, I mean, nothing will make humans more angry at aliens than if we find out they're they're enslaving humans mm -hmm. um and you know this has just to go back to that theory this is another weird connection to that there's a lot of these theories that these aliens are living inside the earth's crust you know inside the earth a lot of theories say this a lot of underground cities and how disturbing is it to think if they if there's humans if inside the earth's crust in this alien land humans are slaves then literally when all these years preachers have been saying you're going to be dragged into the pits of hell inside the earth they were actually being accurate oh shoot all right can we take a little pause i got sure. a phone call oh sure no worries okay. little pause okay all right now we'll do another musical break by playing the wrap-up song sorry that's crazy <clears throat> all right are you back i am back someone was at the door oh okay <laughs> i'm home alone so I just okay. I was just saying I have no idea exactly what happens to the Twitter space when I take a phone call. So I have I'm, I'm going to be very interested in listening to that Twitter space recording and see does it mute my microphone? <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, but uh, anyways, it was nothing urgent. Oh, good. All right, let's see. So let's. Uh, so you were talking you were talking about um, the guy sharing his experience and then uh, so, and then. Uh, possibly the pits of hell being the parallel for slavery yeah well just that earth. literally if humans really are slaves inside the crust then it's accurate to say that beware of i mean literally below our feet really would be hell it literally would be a hellscape for humans mm -hmm. it's just disturbing to me to think that might actually just be true it's a it's anyways i'm i if it is true i think it's you know, I, I do think my theory is that there are benevolent, much more benevolent aliens that are totally not into um, slavery and things like that and are enlightened. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason I have this distinction with the, the aliens personally. And then we'll come back to the discussion about where the aliens live. And because that's what I, I asked the group there. But I mean, I think it comes down to really one simple thing. And it's like whether or not uh, the aliens believe in a higher power. Mm -hmm. If you genuinely believe there is a, a higher power, then, and you believe that higher power can see you and will hold you accountable for what you do, then you're not going to do horrible things. If you genuinely believe that, if you don't genuinely believe it, then you might live your life doing horrible things and enslaving people and feeling like you're never going to be held accountable to that. So it's like, I think that it basically just comes down to, I think some aliens are theists, some aliens, and it, or, and it might not even be that they're theists. It just might be that they know and believe there are more powerful aliens that absolutely are watching everything and who absolutely will hold you accountable for doing mm -hmm. horrible things. And that just might, you know, and I, I think it's most likely that the, the malevolent aliens are just 
bathing in plausible deniability for any moral responsibility for anything they do. The people that are toast are the humans, the humans, the Nazis, the mm -hmm. genocidal maniacs that have been, you know, allowing people to die because of misinformation in science and, and because of false premise wars. Those people, you know, they are morally responsible for their choices. And I bet a lot of them are completely in the dark about, you know, how how uh, hung out they are more okay. morally by the by the malevolent aliens. Okay, so um, we can come back to that topic, but you want to jump into where the aliens live? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear like the theories on that. Okay, well, uh, what are the, the theories that have been put out, you know, over the last whatever in the ufology over the last few weeks where do the aliens live even david grush made a point of saying mm -hmm. eh, maybe they're interdimensional you know which i think like you know like okay yeah maybe maybe the aliens are interdimensional maybe they're time travelers these are two theories that are certainly on the table but mm -hmm. if we just do occam's razor and just pretend let's just deal with our three-dimensional reality here the aliens could just be right here on earth or in our solar system there's mm -hmm. plenty of places to hide oh absolutely so, yeah and so like i asked i wanted to know at this you know and i have my theories i wanted to see what the people at the local mufon said and it was so weird that they um, the first people immediately jumped to interdimensional and time travelers it's like why do they go so fast to these theories that maybe it's because it's easier psychologically to believe they're not sitting here on earth with us you know or on the other side of the moon or the other side of Mars, right? Like, yeah, yeah. there's but, so many uh, places we can't see, right? Yeah. And so when they went to that, I was like, okay, well, do you think they have any motherships or bases here on Earth? And they, no one really suggested any. So I was like, all right, well, this is going to be a test. I'm going to name my theories of where and see how they react. See if they are like hostile, you know, and I mentioned Antarctica. And, you know, but then there wasn't any immediate reaction. But so Antarctica is a massive big question mark. They could definitely mm -hmm. be in Antarctica. Um, and then I think, you know, the two obvious spots and I have a um, are the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. Um, and it just seems like they could just be an underwater. Um, they, they literally could just be under the water there. They could be living mm -hmm. in the water of the oceans. Um, and uh yeah, and I I found this uh, this uh, and I I found a video that sort of like was tracing. This guy has his says he's like had read more Sanskrit and more ancient Sumerian texts than anyone on the planet, and he thinks he knows. Um, oh, what did he say? I think it was up. I think it was up to Atlantis. Like he he believed he had it mapped out the history of mm. Earth up to the formation of Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean, but the most interesting piece that I got from that is he believed it started in the like the Middle East and it spread you know across the Mediterranean the, the first great human civilization and then built Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean but he then said a branch also uh lived in the Pacific Ocean and he called that Lemuria and he put mm. up this map that just showed the entire Pacific Ocean as like the land of Lemuria and he showed like the middle of the Atlantic Ocean as the land of Atlantis and I just looking at that map I'm just like this is so flipping obvious this is I bet this is right that Lemuria and Atlantis are 
two nations. I think they are they might be two different alien nations, but it's just like that's their territory. It just makes mm-hmm. it just seems makes total sense to me. And it might not even be that Atlantis was ever in the Atlantic Ocean. That might have been like a piece of alien misinformation that they were like, we never want humanity to know where our actual home is. So we're gonna say Atlantis is in the Atlantic, but it's really in the Pacific, you know? Mm-hmm. Real maybe, and this goes all the way back to the beginnings of the theory of reptilians living in the earth. It was if, if you go back to the earliest in the 1910-20s, when Helena Blavatsky uh was she's the the founder of theosophy and she was one of the first people to claim that aliens were telepathically telling her stuff told mm-hmm. her the history of earth and she was talked a lot about lemuria this uh well there there is geological evidence there there is what scientists call zealandia that yeah. is a giant plateau um that is uh, land crust instead of sea crust yeah um so yeah look up zealandia because there actually is uh there is a continent there (laughs) that is a sunken continent yeah um i mean like it was it was you know millions of years ago probably i i don't know the actual time frame of it but yeah they definitely uh they definitely there's scientific evidence that there there is a sunken continent there that had uh it doesn't have ocean crust. It has landmass. So, uh, and you know, it's supposed to connect like from India down through uh, Malaysia and Australia and New Zealand. So, like, same place as Lemuria. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's several places on Earth, and then there's the Amazon. You know, it's mm-hmm. actually Graham Hancock is such a great person to listen. He will tell you exactly where we have not explored you know, and uh, so anyways, lots of locations on earth, they could be, they could be cohabitating, but there's more locations than that, that I want to mention. Uh, one is, hey, did you get the news? A asteroid just missed earth, like on July 13th, an asteroid came within one quarter of the distance uh, between earth and the moon, which is incredibly close. And if it had hit, it would have been the equivalent of many thermonuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. The, uh the press is not um, really talking about this. Kind of a coincidence in the middle of alien disclosure, an asteroid that could basically equivalent of many nuclear bombs just barely missed Earth on July 13th. This is a very big coincidence. And the explanation they give is it came out of Earth's blind spot. It came out (laughs) near the sun. And the weird thing is, I remember this happening many years ago. I remember this same story Mm -hmm. coming out and it being on the news. And I remember hearing them say, what do you mean it came out of our blind spot? And some scientist was like, yeah, you know, the sun is there. If it comes like right by the sun, you can't see it. And then it's like, ah, we just like no warning. But here's the problem with that. If once we see it, you can trace out the asteroid's orbit for the past. You can see Mm -hmm. exactly what it's been doing all of the last, you know, 10,000 years almost, but definitely the last like 100 years. And so I went on the JPL site where they show this asteroid's orbit Mm -hmm. and the damn thing has an elliptical orbit. It comes and it just came right within, you know, the distance of earth, but then it loops out past Mars and it does like a 22 year orbit around the sun. And then it comes close to earth's orbit again. 
And then I, so I trace this backwards. It's been doing this for, it's been doing this forever, for years. So this thing might've been the exact same one that, you know, 20 years ago when I heard about this, that it's the same one. And they, they but the moment they saw it, they should have been able to predict every future, you know, interaction with Earth. It should not have been a surprise. There's no blind spot. Once you spot it, you see it. It's not behind mm -hmm. the sun for 22 years. It's only behind the Well, the blind the spot thing is bullshit. I'm it sorry, it's because we use filters on the sun all the time. All the time we use filters to watch sun weather. We definitely can see stuff that is in front of the sun. Yeah, so this asteroid, which I believe it's called asteroid 2023 NT1 or something, you can mm -hmm. you know find it. So let's assume this is not a surprise, this asteroid. The government has known about it all the time. Either this asteroid is was a threat to the earth it could have been on its way to actually hit the earth as a weapon and maybe it was redirected by either aliens or u.s technology or it was a asteroid meant as a weapon that was a bad shot and just missed or it's not an asteroid it's a habitat it could be the home it could be a fully beautiful, amazing habitat. And the reason when it comes close to Earth, they never tell us it's coming close until it's already passed is because there's a whole bunch of transactions between this habitat and Earth on these close proximity runs. And they don't want everyone pointing their telescopes up at it because we will see it. We will see this thing incredibly, this thing is closer than the moon. It is four times closer than the moon. We should see this thing. And so that's my that is my latest theory is this thing it's it could just be a habitat this could be the home of the breakaway civilization or the Anunnaki that maybe the best elite reptilians and sadly I mean the disturbing thought is I hope you know if, if we find out that this thing just swept by and picked up a bunch of human slaves to go out on another 22 year run then we're setting ourselves up for this crazy sci-fi moment where humanity builds an invasion fleet to go and free the slaves on this space habitat and they you know they think they're going to go on a swing around the sun and have 22 years before we're close to them they're going to in you know get humanity to figure out how to like uh you know come after them much sooner than that if that's what's going on so i mean okay but also let me back up let's just, I will drop the, all the malevolent scenarios the horror mm -hmm. let's just assume this is an alien habitat. It could have just entered our solar system. Because if this thing has, you know, if it really hasn't it been- put itself around, into an orbit, yeah. Yeah, if it hasn't, if it's been, if it has been looping around our sun, it every 20 should have seen it. If it is new, then it is new. That means it came in, you know, we it came into our solar system and somehow- you know, is uh, perhaps getting itself into a parking orbit. It might be, I mean, another one of my favorite threads to connect this to is to Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse mm -hmm. apparently is on the verge of supernova. So we literally could have civilizations fleeing Betelgeuse coming to colonize Earth. Mm -hmm. and so this, this could be a spaceship or, uh, all right, I do have another malevolent theory. This what if you're going to colonize Earth because your your entire species is fleeing because your planet is getting fried by a supernova? Would it be possible that some species might send an asteroid up ahead of as a way 
taking it into the ocean so that it clean sweeps a continent and then you mm -hmm. land your ship and colonize. I could see some alien species being like, that's not the most unreasonable thing to do if they, you know, in order to save their species. I could, or they might have had the asteroid on its way. Maybe they were in negotiations with the Earth government saying, are you going to let us land and give us space to land? Or should we drop this asteroid in the ocean and choose our own land? That, that, that might have yeah. been like, negotiations may have been going on behind the scenes with Kamala Harris and Barack Obama secretly negotiating the future of humanity while Biden just sort of sits there as a placeholder. And uh, once they're ready to break this news, Biden could be like, all right, I'm out of here. Kamala, become president. Tell everyone what you've been doing, negotiating with aliens and, uh, you know, something like that could happen. Well, if somebody's negotiating with aliens, it's probably Raytheon or Lockheed Martin. I but they don't have any authority. They don't have any representational authority of humanity. Yeah, but do, does that matter to them now? I mean, they're obviously hiding from stuff from us and they have no authority to do that. Right, but humanity, yeah. you know, humanity is not going to respect a treaty formed by traitors that, you know, the only chance mm -hmm. the aliens have to having a uh, relationship with humanity based on agreement is if you if you you know do a press release tomorrow saying hey the aliens are here they recognize the president you know of Raytheon as the global monarch you can do that aliens and you can even say it'd be like V that, that show V for Vendetta not V for Vendetta the show V the sci-fi show where the aliens mm -hmm. secretly invade Earth you know <laughs> you can claim authoritarian control over Earth and you will introduce yourself to a non-stop Earth rebellion. Uh, that is going to, I mean, you're just going to turn earth into a place of revolutionary battle, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, this might be in a way, one of the funny things about this, this might be why over the last, you know, 50 years, they've been trying to get so many guns away from uh, people in the US, because the aliens don't want humans armed. Because it's, you know, and so it's like, it must, it, it may, they may have been really motivated to try to, you know, get gun control to get the guns away from all these humans hoarding them because they don't want to have to fight us they don't want us armed and ready to like not go quietly into that night you know um so anyways but if that's the case they failed i mean they yeah. tried they tried hard maybe they even are somehow behind all this school shooting violence maybe they somehow are like manipulating humans and they're just trying desperately to get humans to feel like guns are evil, to desperately try to disarm us, and it didn't work, and now it's definitely not going to work. You think you're going to be able to disarm humanity now, once we know aliens are real, and possibly involved in human trafficking, and possibly killed Kennedy, all this is, we are going to have investment in weapons, and organizing, and militias, and uh, things globally mm -hmm. that uh, is going to be, I mean, it is what it is. If you, if you people find out they're not safe, they're going to do what they can to make themselves feel safe. Um, so it's like we're, we're in desperate need of actual. But anyways, the solution to this is actual leaders. You have to allow humanity to have actual leaders and to have actual valid processes of processing mm -hmm. ideas, processing information, figuring out what we what's the truth, figuring out what leaders we believe in and let humans have like at least in the US let us have a real election and let us elect a leader that we actually all believe in and 
you know, the next president of the United States might literally be the one negotiating the future of humanity. So let's, and, and it also, oh, look at that. We got like a sound, we got like applause from the- uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is that sound? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, not only negotiate the future of humanity, but I, there seems to be a possibility that at Antarctica or at different places, humans might be in control of weapons that are powerful enough to destroy an asteroid or destroy a space habitat that is threatening Earth or to damage uh, alien beings that might be living on the moon or Mars. And so the next president we have to trust will use that power and that threat right. And even to, I mean, even to the point they may have, I mean, can you imagine someone like a, a real, I mean, someone like Obama, let's present like a leader like Obama saying, like basically facing a moment like Hiroshima, like we have this weapon, we have this threat, I think we should use it. I mean, and just trying to give humanity and everyone the best information you can, because, you know, or whether it may even be just use the weapon to try to move an asteroid because it's threatening earth. It might be, mm -hmm. but then we're gonna be like questioning, are you telling us the truth? Is that a really an asteroid or is a habitat? Are you shooting a weapon at a habitat or, and you're telling us it's an asteroid? I mean, we're gonna have to trust the, the person in office to tell us the truth about this. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a strange time. And then uh, there, one more theory, one more, if mm -hmm. you watch PBS Space Time, there's this guy, Matt O'Dowd on there, who's a physicist. And uh, as such, we have to say he's, we got to question his uh, integrity and motives like we do with everyone in the scientific establishment, especially physics. But he seems to do these great shows on physics. And he just released after David Grush, uh, he released one that said, hey, you know, if you have the right type of uh, energy beam, you could turn the sun into a jet engine and move your solar system like a giant spaceship around Whoa. the galaxy. And I'm like, yeah, why has no one ever talked about this? This makes total sense. And it also, but he's like, oh, you could also, if you had the right type of energy beam, instead of turning the sun into a jet engine, you could turn it into a weapon by getting it to fire out a beam of solar flare energy at a planet or an object. And if you, so he's like, has these illustrations and like that, it could be as simple as that. Maybe we Holy have, moly. we have, maybe we have the ability not only to turn the sun into a solar flare flamethrower on a solar scale, but we also have the option of deciding where we want to take the solar system, which direction, wow. maybe there is a direction. Maybe do we want to go towards something or away from something with it, <laughs> and, or do we want to not even try it? Do, I mean, do go we, away from those black holes in the center of the galaxy, yeah. right? <laughs> maybe the engine's already on. Maybe they already have the sun, you know, like shooting down into the left, pushing us somewhere because somebody has that, agenda we don't even know we don't really know what's going mm -hmm. on but anyways well you know mars used to have an atmosphere and water what happened to mars's atmosphere right uh yeah i i never thought of that right gosh i didn't um, even think of that I mean, yeah what if someone used the sun as a solar flamethrower to sterilize mars burn that, off like, mars's atmosphere holy, holy crap what an idea that is crazy. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah, this asteroid NT1, like, why don't we have any pictures of it if it came that close? Yeah, we should be, 
every we should be able to use amateur telescopes to look at it. So I mean, I, I think that's going to be our call to action for today is uh, hello, all humans with telescopes. Apparently, something very interesting just nearly hit Earth. Uh, could you please point your telescopes at it, like everyone? And if because I believe NASA and the scientific community could see it so easily. They could turn the James Webb on this thing if they wanted to. They could show us what it is. So amateur astronomers, get a, get a beat on this thing. We should know exactly where it is. We know its speed. We know when it passed Earth. We should know its exact location. We should be able to shine our telescopes on it. And I think if we do, I have a feeling our minds are going to be blown. This thing is going to look, I would not be surprised if it's a giant space habitat, you know, an asteroid maybe hollowed out, turned into a, uh, space habitat. That makes the most sense. It would be way more fantastical that it's uh, it came out of our blind spot or that it was shot at us as a weapon and maybe good aliens moved it out of the way. I, I, yeah, I'm still just like trying to process going, I didn't realize I'd heard about it, but I didn't realize it came between us and the moon distance wise and we can see stuff in the moon. We can see features in the moon quite yeah, easily. We can see the moon. So this thing zipped what? by our planet and no one got a good look at it. I'm sure they got a good look. That's why NASA bailed, didn't, is not going to the hearing because NASA knows everything and they, they couldn't risk Tim Burchett asking, you know, can you please just tell us the truth, NASA? NASA? Well, I have a question for you. So what if they do this hearing, but then decide to pause it for their recess and come back to it afterwards? Could they call former presidents? Are former presidents like uh, excused from testifying before Congress? Like, could, couldn't they call a former president and demand the truth? Oh, I think, I mean, I think they could, but I don't think they need to demand it. You know, I mean, Jimmy mm -hmm. Carter is still alive. And, you know, it's like, I... You know, I, I would not, I get, oh, we should actually, this would be a good thing. Um, we need to come up with a bingo card for the hearing or for the hearing next week. So one of the things that would be, you know, there'd be certain things on the bingo card that would be like, blow your socks off, amazing. And one would be <laughs> a former president making a surprise appearance like Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter. But I think actually Jimmy Carter would be the best one. If he's still able to talk and testify, you know, I mean, they might even be sitting on a recorded message from deceased presidents that mm -hmm. have been like, look, I know this truth is going to come out someday and everyone's going to know I'm a liar. And so they, maybe they recorded messages for the American people that, you know, say, hey, I'm sorry, I did this. I thought it was right. And I, you know, who knows? But Jimmy Carter, I, that would be on my bingo card as, you know, as well as any other former president. Those are those would be like, that would be an amazing uh, drop in appearance, but I, but then we have just words. So I think it would be good for you and I to let's just list words that we should be on this bingo card, you know, like non-human intelligence. Yeah. One, you know, that one's, I think is a good likelihood. Um, and feel free to just jump in here. I'll just start rattling off words. That would be, what do you think? I, I've just still like just died at the, I love the concept. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess, former uh, presidents, uh, non human intelligence is yeah. oh. anti gravity. How about anti gravity? Will that be said? Um, 
abduction, I bet is not said. I bet the word abduction. Slavery or. Ah, hey, we got a artificial intelligence thrown oh, that's from a good the uh, AIs. Yeah. I, you know, but you know, one, this is my favorite one. I'm just saving to share this one. If anyone noticed Lou Elizondo's lawyer, you know, made an appearance on TV during the last four weeks, he dropped a couple words that nobody has picked up on. And uh, because the reporter asked him, who is in charge? Who is in charge of the shadow organization, the shadow government? <laughs> and what? Uh, let me see if I remember that he said Majestic 12. Majestic 12. Oh. Apparently Wait, I thought it, I thought it was like the the five or the six. <laughs> no, no, that's the five eyes. The five eyes treaty is a real treaty. Majestic mm -hmm. 12 is apparently this legendary code name for um for a group that was part of the gatekeeping of this. I'm unclear. It, I, I confuse it with another group that is like called the Aver uh Averaries or something. They're like mm -hmm. the they have code names of birds. Like, I think there's there, there's like two secret groups. There's a secret government, mm -hmm. which I think Majestic 12, I think he was implying that's the, used to be the name of it. They changed it over the years. And then there's um, a group that's a secret uh, group of uh, people that have been trying to figure out the truth of aliens. Mm -hmm. And they've been, you know, they, they, they have code names. They use like owl and I don't know, Woody Woodpecker and stuff like that. They each choose a bird for their name. But Majestic 12, that would be on my bingo card as well as, you know, of course, Jimmy Carter, I mean, JFK, if JFK mm -hmm. assassination is mentioned, that's a, that's a huge bingo card hit as well, you know, RFK assassination, and, you know, Marilyn Monroe's death, if, you know, uh, CIA, um, let me see, any other gems, what would be like some gems for this uh, hearing bingo card, um, how about Bob Lazar, if, they, if someone mentions Bob Lazar by name, I'd love an apology to Bob Lazar, a formal apology. Yeah. Every, you know, because sure. that guy stuck his neck out way before, you know, whistleblower protection was out there for anyone. Well, and then there's all the different locations that have been theorized about where the crafts are being held, right? Former project names like Project Blue Book. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, I'm curious to see if anything comes out about that, right? Yeah. Oh, and just the number, oh, this would be a good one. Number of crafts. If they ask David Grish how many crafts, because because Coldheart asked him how many crafts we have, and he said quite a number. And so what does that mean? I, I believe, and this might be a whole different like uh, question, but like how many crafts do you think the is in the possession of uh, the U.S. and Lockheed mm -hmm. Martin and them. How many over the years? What do you think, Margaret? What would be your like guess over under for a uh, number of? Well, crafts? well, we've heard recently nine or twelve, right? Like, uh -huh. but then we also heard people say dozens, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Your, I. Uh, what would you take if you were making a bet? Oh. Yeah, I would say twenty-four. You're going at least 24, oh, 24 yeah. or more or 24 and under? Uh, 24 or more. Oh, so you're- okay. Wait, wait, is this just USA or are we talking about known worldwide? I would say 24 USA, but more worldwide. So we just heard uh, Twitter space. what do you say in there? You said 70? 
I think I heard someone say about seven. I think I think the number is probably going to blow our mind. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I think we're, uh, you know, because you got to think since, you know, what you said, the 1930s. Yes. Uh, you know, this has been going on far longer than just our recollection or record of the involvement with, you know, uh, our government or something. So you got to think probably before then, you know, where were these relics stored? Where where were these artifacts or, you know, uh, non-human things were discovered probably before America was even established? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think there is, I mean, I think there's a decent chance that we have a lot like, I mean, if, I mean, if you just go back to, if we have a treaty, assume it's true that we have a treaty, uh, Eisenhower signed some sort of treaty with the aliens in 1955, the treaty would have to give us something, would have to give Eisenhower and his group something. And it's not going to be 12 crafts. I don't think it's, I think it's going to be more like a, a couple, it might be like every few years you get 12 craft or every few years you get a few things it could so easily be like you know hundreds of pieces of technology maybe not hundreds of ships but it would be like it when we get this inventory list i wouldn't be surprised if it's like we have like 50 ships and we have like 10,000 mini uh spherical drone things that we can send all over the planet and we have x amount of infinite zero point energy reactors and or at least we did they were probably in the possession of Raytheon and Lockheed, who may have now moved it off to their wherever they're running, like you know, scaredy cats to hide from accountability for the things they've been doing all the years. This weekend, Oppenheimer movie comes out that talks about the Manhattan Project. Don't give a reason for hiding all this information. Was it protection, or was it for power? Or, you know, what was the reasoning behind covering all this and keeping it from the public? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, they're going to have a reason. They're going to have a <laughs> excuse. I'm sure it's going to sound really good to them because, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. How, how are they going to rationalize this? Right. You know, but, um, but I was going to say that, you know, things came out of the Manhattan Project besides atomic bombs, like radar, jet propulsion, right? Where did that technology just boom come from out of thin air, right? Mm. Um, so I don't think the Oppenheimer movie is going to talk about UFOs or aliens or Roswell at all, right? Um but it is interesting the timing that it's coming out and talking a lot about the Manhattan Project, which used to be very, very classified, right? Yeah. yeah. But if they can declassify the Manhattan Project, why can't they declassify this other stuff, right? Yeah. It just, uh, the, the classification of stuff, again, that is my biggest fear for this upcoming you know, congressional hearing. They had a congressional hearing in 1966, right? That was very much like, I can't say that. I don't know, right? So I I worry that is this one going to have the consequences in the teeth and the 
the capability to fight class, you know, the whole classified system where there's nobody in charge of saying what is or isn't okay to be classified mm. is so wrong, right? Yeah. Well, the, the, the UAP disclosure legislation put forward by Schumer, it lays out a very, you know, it lays out, I think, a reasonable process for mm -hmm. uh, declassifying stuff. It says there's a presumption of declassification of stuff. It sets a 25 year limit uh, on classified material. Yeah. And it's and it says, you know, it labels these um, six roles they want on the board that will be all nominated by the president to be the board, uh, declassification board for all this UAP and alien material. And so, I mean, it is a bit of a power grab, you know, mm -hmm. to say he's putting all the power into the executive branch, but you know, it is what it is. That's the way our country operates. We consider the presidential election the most, the biggest decision point ever. And it, you know, the truth is the commander in chief is the one in charge of the nuclear bombs and any yeah. super energy weapons. And so we need the commander in chief to at least be the actual commander in chief. And it cannot be some secret shadow government. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But it is a secret shadow government right now. That's the thing. Like, it is. It, even Bruce said, even the president didn't know everything. No, right? I think they've been hiding this from presidents and Congress since maybe since Kennedy. They just sort of started just completely putting it deep, deep into corporate uh, and deep CIA. Um, yeah. confines. The other thing we should mention from the um, hearing, uh, Luna and Burchett uh, both said clearly that this is not going to be the only hearing. They are going to just go ahead and do field hearings so that they can get to the bottom of this. Um, I think we are entering an incredibly fascinating time in human history. Uh, so this hearing next week is just the opening salvo to the world and, and it really is going to give permission, I think, to all media all over Earth that this secret is no longer contained in the USA. This secret is breaking out and every country, it's, it's every country for themselves. Figure out if you are under authoritarian secret control of a secret government of secret, secret keepers or if you're going to be a democracy with free speech and join everyone who's in independent media right now, every podcast, every Twitter space, um, and just help us figure out what is going on with humanity. Are you going to participate in the genuine competition of ideas uh, to figure out what is true? Or are you going to be, you know, all about censorship and control and demonizing anyone that has an idea that you're afraid of? Mm -hmm. uh, because it's been the, the history of humanity. Apparently, I think it's just so clear now that throughout our human history, fear has been used and the promise of, you know, wealth and, you know, luxury and reward has been used to just control our populace. And they, and they have this, and there's also this warped, warped method that secret keepers use to try to get people fired up in a self-righteous way to demonize people that disagree with them. Mm -hmm. And this really came out in, um, the, the RFK uh, hearing or uh, this morning, um, which uh, we could play a, a piece of that. Yeah, I'd love to last. hear a little bit about that. All right, let's do it. I'm going to cue one of those. 
queue a clip up. I would encourage, uh, there's going to be some some clips from this uh, hearing that are going to be incredible, but I'll, I'll play a, a piece here. Um, at the beginning of the hearing, there was, uh, there, they, I mean, the things they say about, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to play it, you know, instead of his opening statement, uh, our Robert F. Kennedy just went off, you know, he just put his opening <laughs> written statement aside and he just, uh, good for him. Yeah. Let me get this. Let me get this right. I think it's that. that. And ready? Here we go. This is from the hearing on censorship. Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, maybe we could put five minutes on the clock then, not 10. Could we, could we put five on the clock and we'll start it running? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I want to I want to start I want to put aside my written statement for a moment and address one of the uh, points that was brought up. I think an important point by the ranking member that this body ought to be concerning itself with the uh, with issues that impact directly the American people. The rising price of groceries, 76 percent over the past two years for basic food stuff of uh, the war in Ukraine, the inflation issues, the border issues, many, many other issues that concern us all as a nation. We can't do that without the First Amendment, without debate. Uh, when I gave my speech, my announcement speech in Boston uh, two months ago, YouTube, I, I talked about all those issues. I focused on grocery. I focused on the fact that working class people can no longer afford to live in this country. I talked about inflation, all the issues that deeply concern you and that you've devoted your career to alleviating those issues. Five minutes into my speech, when I was talking about Paul Revere, YouTube, deplatformed me. I didn't talk about vaccines in that speech. I didn't talk about anything that be, could be was a verboten subject. I just was talking about my campaign and things, the conversation that we ought to be having with each other as Americans. But I was shut down. And that is why the First Amendment's important. Debate, congenial, respectful debate is the is the fertilizer, it's the water, it's the sunlight for our democracy. We need to be talking to each other. Now, there, this is a letter that many of you signed, many of my fellow Democrats. I've spent my life in this party. I've devoted my life to the values of this party. This 102 people signed this. This itself is evidence of the problem that this hearing was convened to address. This is an attempt to censor a censorship hearing. The, the, the charges in this, and, and by the way, censorship is antithetical to our party. It was, it was appalling to my father, to my uncle, to FDR, to Harry Truman, to Thomas Jefferson, as the chairman referred to. It is the basis for democracy. It sets us apart from all of the previous forms of government. We need to be able to talk, and, and the First Amendment was not written for easy speech. 
it was written for the speech that nobody likes you for. And I was, I was censored, not just by the Democratic administration, I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. Anti-Semitism, racism, these are, are the most appalling, disgusting pejoratives, and they're applied to me to silence me because people don't want me to have that conversation about the war, about groceries, about inflation, about the war on the middle class in this country that we need to be having. And, and by the way, I wanna say this while I'm on the record, that in my entire life and why I'm under oath in my entire life, I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. I have spent my life fighting my professional career, fighting for Israel, for the protection of Israel. I have a better record on Israel than anybody in this chamber today. I'm the only person who has publicly objected to the $2 billion payout that the Biden administration is now making to Iran, which is a, is a, a genocidal program. I'm the only one who's objected to that. I fought more ferociously for Israel than anybody. But I am being censored here through this target, through, through, through smears, through misinterpretations of what I've said, through lies, through association, which is a tactic that we all thought we had been discredited and dispensed with after the Army McCarthy hearings in the 1950s. But those same weapons are now being deployed against me to silence me. I know many of the people who wrote this letter. I don't believe there's a single person who signed this letter who believes I'm anti-Semitic. I do not believe that. There is no evidence of that. Now I wanna say something I think that's, that's more important and it goes directly to what you talked about, ranking member, which is the, the the need, the, the, this toxic polarization that is destroying our country today. And how do we deal with that? We are more, this kind of division is more dangerous for our country than any time since the American Civil War. And how do we deal with that? How are we gonna, every Democrat on this committee believes that we need to end that polarization. Do you think you can do that by censoring people? I'm telling you, you cannot. You, that only aggravates and amplifies the problem. We need to start being kind to each other. We need to start being respectful to each other. We need to start, start restoring the comedy to this chamber and, and, and to the rest of America, but it has to start here. My uncle, Edward Kennedy, has more legislation with his name on it than any senator in the United States history. Why is that? Because he was able to reach across the aisle, because he didn't deal in insults, because he didn't try to censor people. He brought home people who were antithetical to what he believed in. He came home almost every weekend with people like Orrin Hatch to our house at the compound in Hyannisport. At that time, Orrin Hatch to me was like Darth Vader. 
because I was an environmentalist. And I was saying, why, why is Teddy bringing this guy home? But he knew that he was effective because he understood that comedy and respect and kindness and compassion and empathy for other people is the way that we have the only way to restore the function in this, in this chamber. But more importantly, today we need to give an example in the leadership of our country of being respectful to each other. If you think I said something that's anti-Semitic, let's talk about the details. I'm telling you all the things that I'm accused of right now by you. And in this letter are distortions, they're misrepresentations. So I didn't say those things. There's fragments that I said, but I denounce anybody who, is, who uses the words that I have said to imply something that is negative about people who are Jewish. I never said those things. And I want to point out also that the chairman pointed to Dennis Kucinich who's fighting behind me. There is no two people in, in the country who feel differently about them, more differently about American politics than these two people. <laughs> and yet they were friends. Dennis attended his children's basketball games, attended his daughter's wedding. This is what we need, how we need to start treating each other in this country. We have to stop trying to destroy each other, to marginalize, to vilify, to gaslight each other. We have to find that place inside of ourselves of light, of empathy, of compassion, and above all, we need to elevate the Constitution of the United States, which was written for hard times. And that has to be the premier compass for all of our activities. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. I Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I hope it's okay. I played that uh, whole thing. Um, yeah, he just blows me away. Uh, you know, the big thing, biggest thing about is that his struggle, his, uh, I don't even know what it is, his dystonia with his voice, he's had it for, you know, 20 years or whatever. Um, but it's such an effort for him to speak. And he, he works so hard to speak loudly and clearly, and you can hear that effort, right? Like, yeah. and, and so for people to be, you know, saying stuff about him, I, I just, I feel like it's a smear campaign. Well, if you, if you listen yeah. to that whole hearing, you will be shocked at the way they try to fight over, they try to silence them immediately. They pass, in the beginning, they make a motion to say, we should go into executive session because this guy's an anti-Semite and it's against policy. And they, they, try, they tried right out of the gates. I mean, I am so disappointed in the Democrats on that chain. They- Well, and where is the evidence that he is? Like that, that's the thing that, um, you know, I heard rumors of that before and I tried to find it and all I would find is like news articles that said, oh, you know, he is. Yeah. And well, what do you, they do have a clip that did get leaked this week in a, uh, a, a casual in some sort of like, uh, you know, coffee shop. He says, and I mean, I'm going to just sort of he basically says that genetically targeted uh, biological weapons are being worked on on Earth. He believes the U.S. government has worked on genetically targeted biological weapons. And mm -hmm. he says there are people that think that COVID has some, there, there's an argument to be made that COVID 
has looks like it might be genetically targeted. And he said there's evidence that it, you know, disproportionately affects certain genetic groups differently. And for some reason, for one, they're like trying to like argue with him that he's trying to say that race is a biological fact and that somehow that is they're, they're trying to say he's somehow evil because he's saying race is a biological fact, but they're distorting the fact that DNA is real. Mm-hmm. And it's if you can target specific DNA genetic groups, then you can do that. If that's, you know, it's like, it's not really, it's not about race. It's about genetics. Can you genetically target some groups with a virus or as a biological weapon? That seems to be a fact you can that some countries have worked on this is a fact uh, that the U.S. has worked on this. I don't know if it's a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised. I've well, the that. U.S. funded; they gave yeah. massive amounts of funding to Wuhan. Yeah, they yeah. they just withdrew their funding this week yeah. after three years, right? Um, I mean, they're, they're jumping on the fact that what he mentioned specific groups that COVID. Uh, affected worse and specific groups that it seemed to affect less. He didn't claim that it was like perfect, that it perfectly did not affect certain groups. He just said it seemed more target. It potentially, you know, if it was done on purpose, it seems to genetically work better against some groups than others. And uh, the, but the groups that it's less effective on, I believe, you know, were the Chinese, certain. Uh, Anastasi Jews or something and then I think it's also those are the ones he mentioned but if you look at the studies and he actually quotes studies it also doesn't affect the Mm -hmm. Amish for some reason and it's like it's 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 sort of a mishmash of different groups that are not typo blood I read that uh yeah you know but he's but he's even like claim he's not like saying he didn't say it was a biological weapon. He said this is actually a theory that it is worth checking into to get all mm-hmm. the facts. He is basically just saying we should use science and actual studies to make come up with our facts. And all those Democrats on the hearing were were just like we are trying to silence you. We're trying to cut off your time. I mean, it really reminds me of the UFO alien thing in the the techniques. Well, it reminds me in terms of the ontological shock thing. You know, mm-hmm. once you've decided in your brain that a person is evil or that an idea is silly, it is very hard to unblock your brain if you don't, if you're not used to shifting your worldview or if you're not, or if you're actually really, really uh going to have to become a different person to break your worldview and you know because change is hard it's hard to change your mind about a big thing like is god real is our aliens real is death really death or not if you've decided any of these big questions or is this person evil or not once Mm -hmm. you decide something or someone is evil and untrue and you're fighting it you're no longer thinking about the truth you're thinking about how do i fight how do i defeat this person or this idea rather than how do I figure out the truth? And it just seems so many of the, the Democrats on that hearing were not, they're not in that mode at all. It's its really disturbing and sad. And uh, and also, it, I mean, it reminded me personally of some of the things I went through on the hospital commission, just trying to discuss, you know, the ethics of recording a meeting and sharing that yeah. with the public and the the weird arguments were so similar. The same type yeah. of arguments were used in this committee. They were like they were saying we didn't censor Twitter or Facebook. What we did was 
we urge them to apply their own policies to censor people. We were like, which is very similar to what they were saying to me at the hospital. They were like, you know, we're not trying to censor you, but our policy says a uh, commissioner can't tell anyone in the public what they think. Or like, or it can't, and a uh, commissioner can't record a meeting. We've said that in the policy, so you have to obey that. We're not trying to get you to, you know, respect the law. We're just trying to get you to obey some random policy that some random bureaucrat wrote as if it's the law. It's like, a regulation, not a law, right? Yeah. Like that, that's the whole. <laughs> it's, this, it's this weird yeah. gaslighting, like the law is my tool to control you and po corporate policies are my tool to control you. If you won't obey the law or if I don't like the law, I'm going to write a corporate policy and you need to obey that. And if we don't have a corporate policy, then I'm going to claim, claim you're violating a law that doesn't exist. It's just like, you know, and then if that doesn't work, you're going to claim I'm a witch and we're going to, you know, say if you burn the stake <laughs> and, and God doesn't love you. And it's just like, we're just going to keep claiming the moral high ground and not discuss anything rationally because that's the rational, actual and in, intellectual discourse is not, uh, it's not the tool of the bad guys. Well, uh, it's, it's literally trying to recreate reality like they going back to to you know, wuhan and it you know was this manufactured are we doing biological weapons yes we have been doing biological weapons for you know 50 years look at lyme disease lyme disease came out of a lab in new york and it's indisputable you know, and the government still won't admit it the government still won't admit that Lyme disease came from Plum Lab. Like they, even though it is like literally the first cases are just like in a spiral right out from that lab, you know, and that was like, you know, 1969. That was a long, long time ago. And the US still wouldn't admit that Lyme disease came from them. Yeah. Now, now it's come out that yes, they were working on biological weapons there. Um, you know, they, they claim that they were doing animal disease studies, right? But they were literally doing biological weapons research. And that part has come out, but it, they still won't admit that they caused Lyme disease. So do you think that the U.S.'s involvement, you know, they moved it to China so that they have deniability, fund a Chinese lab, right? Uh, like, why would they be funding a Chinese lab? That makes no sense, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Especially in the current, you know, political climate of the last 20 years with China. That makes no sense. Why would we be giving them funding? <clears throat> um, well, I think it's not we. I think so, we, got to, we have to separate this yeah. shadow, shadow group government, the CIA yeah. and the Air Force and Lockheed and Raytheon, the, uh, the new can't call it the axis of evil, uh, call it the axis of corporate psychopaths and uh, corporate political psychopaths that have just been using everything they've known for their own advantage throughout history. And they're gonna go down in history uh, for their crimes. Mm -hmm. I think we've been waiting for disclosure all this time because they're just like, some people needed to die because they just, they didn't, they didn't wanna like have to you know, have certain people humiliated while they were still alive about what they did. But, you know, 
We need to take a close look on, let's say, every commander, every officer in the Air Force, and every head of the CIA uh, going back to Roswell. Every single person on the list I just named, uh, they should be, you know, fully yeah. anyone alive should be called forward, say, what do you know? And, and, you know, I think this has probably been going on. I At some point over the last year, I think... It's. I mean, there was this story that uh, someone came, walked into Biden's office, and said the Air Force has been lying to you, straight up, just lying to you. And you know, the next thing, and that might have been David Grush that did that. And you know, the next thing you do if you're Biden, I mean, you call the head of the Air Force in and say, mm -hmm. "Tell me the truth." Are you telling me the truth? Well, if you're, I don't think you're telling the truth. You're fired, and you replace him. You know, and then it's just because the military is under civilian control, and. Uh, I mean, I think at some point we're going to get the information of what's been happening behind the scenes. I think some serious, serious stuff has been going on behind the scenes. I think if this legislation is not what's going to lead to Lockheed Skunk Works getting uh, grabbed by the U.S., I think we've already grabbed it. I think Lockheed mm -hmm. Skunk Works has been surrounded by, you know, non-Air Force. Per I bet Wright-Patterson has been under the uh, supervision of U.S. Marines, I bet ever since Biden figured out the Air Force has been complicit in the greatest deception in human history. And, you know, and every other branch of the military, even the Coast Guard would be happy to become the, the wardens of the Air Force. And, you know, no one respects the Air Force anyways as a military branch. So <laughs> now that we find out that they're potentially traitors to humanity, every other branch of the military would be like, where, give me my orders. What do I do? Who do we need to arrest? You know, even if they have to tell... There was this story going around Twitter that uh, strike teams have been prepared by the U.S. government, ready to go to certain bases and spots, and they are the, the timeline has been upped to within the next two months. And I don't, you know, that might be a complete fabrication. to destroy evidence or what? What's no, to the go purpose? In and, and take control of facilities that are refusing to allow appropriate U.S. civilian or military uh, control. Mm. I mean, and it, it's quite possibly, I mean, it, it, it might not be happening right now, but it may have already happened, you know, at some point, you know, just like, mm -hmm. you know, at some point, the US, uh, the president has to say, uh, we are taking back control of our country right now, you know, and I think he probably already did it before this all mm -hmm. got public, you do that kind of thing, when you have this ability to surprise people, I think. So I think it's already done. I think we're going to find out. But if, it, if we are going to watch this in real time, if they pass this law and then Biden doesn't address and says, one hour ago, I ordered several strike teams to take control of right, the Lockheed Skunk Works, this Raytheon facility here, the secret base in the U.S. here. And we are, you know, I don't know. We, who knows what's going to happen? But something's happening behind the scenes and it's going to come out. And there may have been some seriously Mission Impossible, crazy, you know, fights that we haven't even known about. Well, what I'm wondering about is the branches of the military that are actually under Biden control. It's very telling to me that the Navy is where so much of our information has come from. Why are we not getting that information from the Air Force? Why, you know, Yeah. that to me, tells you that there is a schism there in the U.S. military because, you know, time and time again, here's Navy footage, here's Navy, you know, these are Navy pilots that are going to be testifying 
next week. Yeah. Why not the Air Force? Yeah. Why why is this the Navy? That's um to me, there's definitely something hanky going on there that um you know, and the fact that NASA is not participating next week, um, you know, they have they have the ability to subpoena people, though, right? I mean, there's they don't have a lot of time, I guess. Uh, a subpoena would take um, time legally to prepare, but they should be subpoenaing, doing way more subpoenas. Like we hope they continue this, yeah, when Congress picks up in the fall, because. Uh, we're barely scratching the surface like and, and the stuff that's coming out next week hasn't greer already talked to these people it, isn't this already kind of public you're talking about greer or grush greer greer hasn't greer already um didn't he already have these pilots like in some of his footage what do you mean greer stephen greer is a yeah different is, talking about in, in Stephen Greer's uh, YouTube podcast and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, in his podcast, in his press release recently, didn't he have a pilot in his press re yeah. release in, in June? Yeah, there's right? something weird about how the disclosure, uh, uh, the disclosure group of Lou Elizondo, Grush, Christopher Mellon, and all of them, they seem to hate Stephen Greer for some reason. And I mm -hmm. don't know if it's just an ego thing because they basically do seem to be on the same side, but they don't seem to pay attention to Greer's whistleblowers for now. I think it's, it seems to me, it's just sort of like they want to disclose the truth with a certain sequence of events. And Greer is just like all over the map, spilling the beans of a lot of different things. He and is all over the map. I mean, like I just, you know, I linked to you a couple of days ago, his uh, his work on, you know, the close encounters of the fifth kind and, and, you know, releasing an app and teaching people how to meditate is very out there for the UFO community stuff, right? So he, he is very kind of all over the place, right? Um, yeah, I just, I can't really wrap my brain around how he fits into all of this, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and he's claimed that he talked to Grush also, like. Yeah. I don't, you know. Um, but yeah. yeah, it will be so interesting. Next Wednesday, 7 a.m. Pacific is going to be the start of that. Are you going to be up or are you just going to catch the highlights? Um, You know, that's about when I get up. I mean, mm -hmm. I think. Just like today, for, I'm just going to wake up and start playing the hearing from the beginning. If, uh, if I'm not listening to it live, I do. I want to listen to it live because I have a feeling there is. I mean, there is a. I, I just have this like vision of Burchett asking, "Who's been murdered?" And yep. can you imagine the weight on David Grush if if he literally is prepared to to say the name of someone like if he if i mean i i just like it'll be such an emotional moment if he mm -hmm. actually if he says uh i mean if he confirms even if he just says i have suspicions that the people keeping this secret were uh directly responsible for jfk's murder because that it'll just change the tone of everything it would be 
you can't say that without us all saying are people being federally investigated right now mm -hmm. for this and um and is anyone going to be held accountable and it, it'll just change it'll change the tone of everything once that connection is openly made and it seems they are setting up this like a slow pitch softball game to just make it <laughs> so easy for this dot every time you know schumer's press release about his legislation mentioned kennedy's assassination mm -hmm. filed it's like every time burchett's on tv he mentions kennedy's assassination they, he, no one is connecting the dot but they are like yep. just putting it there to just like dare humans to connect those dots on their own and if and if grush if he connects them it's uh we're going to be living in a different world because there's going to be the emotional impact that'll have on people i mean i i've had a you know when i first after grush's testimony and i sort of was like in the in the week that followed it just became so clear to me that um likely that jfk was murdered over this and and you know sort of chris leto was going through mm -hmm. the same sort of like mental emotional discovery process on his uh YouTube channel talking about this. And he, you know, he put out a tweet after Grush saying, yeah, this, if this is true, if Grush is telling the truth, then it, it seems so obvious that it's also true that they, they probably, I mean, cause they would be the ones with the skills to assassinate a president in the way it looks like JFK was assassinated, you know? And, uh, and that, and, and if you listen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talk about how RFK was assassinated, it's like, oh my God, this is so, obvious this is an inside job inside well there's definitely job. crossfire issues there that i mean that it's like yeah. oh nobody else fired a oh, baloney <laughs> right? yeah. that's yeah that okay. one is is just hello there's the autopsy he shot the back like yeah. it makes no sense yeah. yeah and it and then you know and then it's just it's if you look into just look into what we know about Marilyn Monroe's death, it's just like it makes there seems to be clear evidence that Marilyn Monroe uh, may have been told by JFK about aliens being real and that she was. Um, I mean, they, we know that the CIA was bugging Marilyn Monroe and she was saying something about releasing, you know, telling everyone what she knew about something and there's and the, and if you look into the evidence of how Marilyn Monroe was killed it's it's oh it's so disturbingly uh so easily could be a murder oh yeah There's oh so yeah evidence that it was a murder and a murder by people that know how to murder people and make it look like and so it's like the cascade of emotions that humanity is going to have if if this uh if all these dominoes fall in short order it's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting thing but it may yeah, be i, I just hope they're protecting grush in these days leading up to it right <laughs> yeah oh yeah and and uh, you know rfk jr like it's mm -hmm. like fear for his life um and i mean can you imagine being him knowing that someone in the cia was able to kill your uncle and possibly your dad and now and it's like you have to feel like you know such a target of the same yeah. forces it's got to be it's a uh, glad I don't have that as a hospital commissioner, even though I am still, I believe, the highest ranking U.S. elected official who has sworn I'm not under alien control. So by default, I may be the only, you know, valid leader of U.S. at the moment. But I'm sure at some point some other elected official will also, 
you know, or actually they all need to do it. They all need to like reaffirm their oaths and swear they're not under alien control. Well, that is, that is the question that people should be asking and investigating their elected leaders, right? Yeah, either under alien control or under control or of some corporate- CIA control too, <laughs> right? Some network through their family connections through the years that they're sworn mm -hmm. to secrecy and they really just obey whatever the secret, you know, lineage connection line of friends that they talk to at country clubs, you know? Well, and something that just keeps coming back to me is what is the Bilderberg group meet about every year that they take all these leaders in Europe and they meet what is that about why is it secret what happens there right and uh yeah that's I I really think the Bilderberg group meeting it's every summer I'm not sure when it is this year um but what yeah. information is being shared there and and it's not just elected leaders it's hugely corporate leaders yeah. are going to this. What's right? the, so I guess, I don't know what the Bilderberg group is, but we should add that to the bingo card. Like yeah. the 12, there's going to be, oh, also Vatican. Is the Vatican mm -hmm. going to be on our bingo card? The Pope on the bingo card? Um, any other uh, religion or location mentioned on the bingo card? I mean, really, there could be a great bingo card as well as uh, I'm thinking of designing a uh, trivia game for bars. Like, you know, fun. Let's have a little trivia yeah, game. drinking well, game. Right? Yeah, what, was, what was the first flying saucer that uh, the U.S. came in possession of, according to recent news? Anyone know? 1933 Vatican. You win. And uh, what's the, you know. Anyways. Lots of uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, a, a UFO-related trivia game for bars would be great. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it'd be a great way to let everyone. I mean, because I mean, can you imagine like the the question you can ask? Okay, true or you know, true or false? Did has anyone come forward recently to confirm the existence of a secret alien spacecraft program hidden in the government? Anyone? Does anyone know the name? Do you can you spell the name of the man who came forward saying this? That would be a great trivia question, you know. Um, anyways. Yeah, I definitely like to. Yeah, we should look into what software bars use. I bet it's a standard. Oh, they yeah. don't. I mean, in I've our seen... town, we don't use software. It's a guy shows up with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of questions on a piece of paper that he found somewhere. Oh, I've seen bars that have like, uh, you know, in their karaoke TVs and stuff have trivia. Oh, you know. Um, yeah. We do it in my town. We're still doing it the uh, old-fashioned way, paper. But yes, you're right. Apps do exist. <laughs> yeah, that's that would be fun. Uh, well, I suppose we should probably wrap up for today, huh? I yeah, yep. I am we so excited about the congressional hearing. Oh my goodness, I just <laughs> uh, I want to know so bad what they're. I want to know who all their guests are. Like who who all you know? Are they subpoenaing people? Are they just inviting them? Like what the legal uh, the the legal obligations there because if someone's just invited to speak and they come uh, voluntarily they're not under the same restrictions as a subpoena right, right. you only need a subpoena if they're an unwilling witness mm -hmm. so all right um, be interesting 
Do you have uh, anything to close the show and then I'll play? I have music ready. I'll like okay. uh, play some going out music. Uh, what's our call to action today? Uh, point your telescopes at asteroid 2023 uh, NT1 because it might not be an asteroid. It might be an alien spaceship that orbits our sun. And uh, let's get a good look at it. And make sure that you follow a meditation Matt on Twitter for an eclectic mix of philosophy, art, activism, and ufology, and also the link to uh, this podcast. Um, join us next week, uh, where we will be talking about the U.S. congressional hearing. Uh, don't be afraid of the truth. I, I, Will it stay with the private sector? Or will it rebound? Will it hide it in the morning? Take a turn into the afternoon Feel the truth that is slipping away Don't believe it's coming back soon The secret's not in Congress Or elected once we try